You're about to listen to the message portion of our online service from May 17th with guest speaker Al De Salvatore. You can listen to the entire service, watch the entire online service on YouTube, Instagram TV, our website, or Facebook. Hey, what's going on? I'm Al De Salvatore, and it is a pleasure to be able to speak at Horizon Community Church. I just am a huge fan and friend of your pastor Alex and his wife Darby they're just a real deal and I'm excited for them as they closed on their new house so congrats guys and I hope everything goes well as you guys are homeowners in Ardmore very cool um so just to wish you guys just the best of luck and praying for you guys um so I love this series that Alex has been doing parables uh the ironic thing is that when Alex was telling me about the series that he was doing with with you guys um i'm a fifth grade teacher and i teach bible um as well as other subjects there um and it so happens that in this uh part of the year in bible we are going over parables as well so it's just really cool um i love how god does that and um so uh, i i love parables i think parables were such an amazing way to convey truth and knowledge. Uh, Jesus had this beautiful way of crafting stories, being a storyteller to bring truth to people who had ears to hear it and also convey truth in a way that uh, the people that he was trying to just code these messages to wouldn't get it and those were the Pharisees. So in Jesus, in his Jesus way, would tell these amazing stories that uh, who people who need to hear them be like, oh wow, like that that speaks to me, that hit, that hits. Um, and then he was able to conceal these amazing messages from the people that were looking, that were out to get him. So um, Jesus doing only what Jesus does. Uh, I love that. And, you know, we are people that love stories. I mean, when you think about movies, um, you, like the movies that have, have been blockbusters have been movies about stories. The, um, Marvel, like the biggest movies in the world. What, what are they at their core? They're, they're, they're stories. Um and you have a valuable story. You are valuable. And what God's doing in your life is an amazing thing. And the parable that I'm going to be focused on today is called The Parable of the Lost Son. And the title, if you want to give it a message uh, for, this, for this sermon today, is called Lost But Valuable. And so in Luke 15, Jesus gives three stories about things being lost. A sheep, a coin, and a son. And it's interesting because, you know, we lose things a lot. I lose things a lot. Um, and Americans lose their keys a whole lot. Um, it's said that every year there are over two, uh, there's, there's over 20 million car and house keys that are lost. 20 million. 20 million sets of keys that are lost each year. That's a lot of lost keys. <laughs> so if you lose your keys a lot, you're not the only one. Um, here's another cool statistic, or not so cool if you travel a lot. Airlines in the U.S. lose 10,000 pieces of luggage each day. 10,000 pieces of luggage each day. So that equals to around 3.5 million pieces of lost luggage a year. 3.5 million pieces of lost luggage. Um, that's not a good statistic if you're an airline um, or if you've been one of those people that's lost a, a piece of luggage. It is so frustrating. 
Um, and then I like this one. The average American spends 2.5 days each year looking for lost items. So that's pretty much a weekend, all right? We spend a weekend each year looking for lost things. Um, and God's looking for lost things too. And I, I love this parable because um, Jesus crafts this story that's compelling, that's honest, that um, so many people can relate to because I think through so many parts of someone's life, um, it's this constant lost and being found, lost and being found. And, and maybe there was a time in, in your life where you were really lost and there was someone or something that brought you back to being found. Or maybe you're going through a season where you feel lost and you're looking for something. Um, but no matter how far away we get from God, um, he's always right there looking for us. And this story in Luke 15 verses 11 to 34 would have been a shocking story for the listeners at that time. Not just because of the lost son and, you know, this this popular story that we've heard so many times. He gets his father inheritance and, and, and spends it on wild living and prostitutes and what all, all that jazz. Um, not just for that. From the get-go, there's layers to this story that were very controversial. One of the first layers of the story in Luke 15 was when the son asks for his inheritance. Uh, this is huge because that was actually a sin. When you only get your inheritance when the father would pass away. So for the son to say, I want my inheritance now, was actually like the son saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me what's mine. Give me, what, give me what, what's, what's coming to me. It was actually a sin um, in Deuteronomy 5 where it talks about um, you know, don't dishonor your father and mother. He was dishonoring his father and mother. And asking your, your, for your father's inheritance while he's still alive, um, the son should have been stoned. And he wasn't. And that also, the other controversial thing, is that the father didn't stone his son. And he didn't withheld his inheritance. He actually gave his inheritance away. Um, already, from the beginning of the story, the listeners have been like, hmm, what's going on here? Uh, why is this dad so generous? Why is this son um, not getting what he deserves? Um, so already our ears are peaked. And this story is interesting to me because... Man, I can relate to this, to uh, the son. You know, there was times when I was at Valley Forge... Christian college where, oh my gosh, um, when I was at Christian college, I probably broke more rules at a Christian college than I did at a public high school. <laughs> you know, I went through that season where I just had to learn the hard way. And I'm, I'm grateful for the people and teachers that got put in my path to just encourage me and still believe in me um, and have a dad like this dad in the story that's generous and compassion and compassionate. And I also want to talk about with this story when it comes to distance as well because you know we see that the son removed himself from from his family and so you start to see this 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 sense of distance in verse 13 it says it's not long after that the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and then squandered his wealth in wild living so that's like the first instance of distance where the son not only gets his inheritance but he leaves huge because families stay together at that time um, it's not like, you know, today where it's like, you know, you graduate from college, whatever, you move out, you know, families stay together. 
So that was another controversial thing where this son distanced himself from the family. And then, you know, um, in this story, there's this famous, famous verse um, in, in, in verse 17, where after the son wasted all his money, you know, was eating the pea pods that the animals would eat, you know, there's this verse in verse 17 where it says that he came to his senses. Um, I love that line because it's, it, it, oh my gosh, how many times have you been in that situation where you're doing something or you're involved in something, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, what in the world am I doing? How did I get here? You know, it came to his senses. But I love the original literal um, verbiage of this phrase where it's not just coming to his senses, but the original literal translation of this is came to himself. So again, here's the second message mentioned of distance where not only was he distant from his father he was distant from himself and you know how many of us lose ourselves along the way you know we try to buy our identity or buy our affection or 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 buy recognition you know we try to do these certain earn these things to kind of like give our ourselves meaning you know if i can just work hard enough if i could just move up that corporate ladder if i could just hustle and all those kind of things to kind of like identify and find meaning in ourselves because we've lost ourselves. We didn't come to ourselves. And, and I love this because you, you, you see this dynamic between self-love and self-loathing. And I think as Christians, we struggle with self-love a lot because, you know, we're supposed to lose our life to find it. You know, you know we find ourselves by giving ourselves away and, you know, um, all these things. But if you really look at it, and those things have their context and the proper meaning, but the greatest commandment has this little nugget of truth that does not get preached about all that often. And we're going to talk about it today. Matthew 22, 36 and 40. Um, Jesus, again, having a conversation. And someone asked him, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, which is, which is compelling because not just the Ten Commandments, but they had over 200 commands. All right. So they had a lot of rules back in the Old Testament. Like, which one's the most important, right? Um, and Jesus said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. All right, cool. Get that. Heard that many times. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor. Right? We've heard that. Love God. Love others. Right? How many churches had that as like their slogan? But there's this little part after that that we, that we forget about it. Not just to love your neighbor, but love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two things. Love the Lord, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Christians, I think we struggle at loving ourselves. But I think it I think uh, self-love is not selfish. And you know, you see Jesus all throughout the, the gospels, go away, retreat, get that alone time, get that time to recharge. You know, Jesus often went to lonely places and prayed. Jesus understood that. In order to give, sometimes you have to really give that time to yourself. And, um, you know, sometimes we, we, you know, we need just to accept God's love and not try and earn God's love or someone else's love or earn attention from our boss or our colleagues. You know, like we sometimes need to say no. Sometimes we need to retreat. And sometimes we need to love ourselves um, the way I think God intended us to. Um, Brene Brown says it a little better. Owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we'll ever do. I think when we really come to understanding who we are, 
and being able to accept who we are. I think it's when we're really able to be at peace with who God created us to be, be at peace with like what we're meant to do and who we're meant to be. And it all, I think it all starts with like self-love, being honest with ourselves, being honest before God. And I think that's where the story changed. Once the son didn't identify himself as being rich or having this inheritance or trying to earn affection with money, with, with getting it from friends and things like that, once he was able just to be okay with himself, then he was able to close the distance between him and God. You know, because how often do we do that? You know, um, just just recently my, my, my son was, um, you know, getting into it with like with a friend online and they were upset and I was like, hey, you need to treat your friend kindly, you know, you gotta love being into the online gaming thing and, and all this kind of stuff. My, my son didn't want him to be a part of it. I was like, hey man, you gotta let your friends in it even if, even if they beat you sometimes in the game because he always wants to win. And um, when I was telling this, he was like, dad, I'm not in for a talk. And he just peaced out and left, distanced himself, right? When Adam and Eve sinned, they distanced themselves. That's what we do I, as a teacher. When, 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 when I see a student make a, a poor choice, he distances them, themselves. And I think we need to fight that urge when we make a mistake to distance ourselves. I think when we make a mistake, we need to close that distance all the more and be honest. And that's what this son did. He was able to accept who he was. And when he was able to be at peace with himself, he was able to approach God. You know, it's not the other way around. I, I, I think sometimes it's like we could just be honest with ourselves. It allows us to be open to so much more. And so the son goes back home. And again, you see this sense of generosity, this sense of love and compassion from the father. Um, because it says this in Luke 15, but while the son was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Um, awesome, right? You can see it's like, like slow motion, like father and son coming together, closing the distance, right? You know, running in slow motion and this awesome, awesome scene. And, you know, you know, we're used to seeing this a lot. You know, we're used to seeing fathers and son embrace each other, running to each other, you know, in sports. So like some makes, some makes a big goal or, you know, when, when's the big game? Like we've seen that so many times. It's very American, but it's very un-Israeli at this time because um, it was extremely inappropriate for a father to run like that. Because um, when the father runs like that, based on their dress, he can expose himself. And so it was very inappropriate. Um, and, it's, and it mirrors David dancing. You know, you, 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 we, we hear this, you know, like David danced naked before the Lord. Um, you know, David Crowder's song, Undignified. Remember that song back in the day? Um, David didn't exactly dance naked, but um, the way he danced exposed himself. In, in 2 Samuel 6, um, wearing a linen ephod, ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, and with, with all his might, while he, while he and all Israel bringing the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. So when the Ark of the Covenant was coming back, David was dancing in such a way that exposed himself. It was indecent. This was inappropriate behavior. Um, but I love this because love doesn't care how it looks. And the father didn't care how he looked. He just cared about his son. Um, it speaks volumes about God's love for us, for you, and for me. And the story continues on in verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fat calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Right? Totally not expect, not what the son expected. 
For the son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. You know, one of the things that I think was so interesting in this verse, in this part of the story that gets so overlooked was that the father put the ring on his hand. That was another culturally significant thing. That would have been another like red flag for um, the listeners of that day because this son was dishonored, like dishonored, like like why are you gonna make this son worthy? You know why why are you giving him authority again? Because that's what the ring um, is. The ring long ago presented someone as a sign of great affection and also symbol of being placed in office of authority among the rich. It was a sign of wealth and also dignity. Through this one act, the father was restoring everything that the son lost. His identity was restoring it, giving him dignity, giving him value. I love that. Um, every time the son would think he's not worthy, he would look down and he would see that ring. It would be such a reminder of who he is and whose he is. And it reminds me of being worthy of that amazing scene in Endgame when Thor goes back and, and, and visits his mom and he gets the hammer and the only and only that person who's worthy can, can wield the hammer. And Thor failed, you know, he did not kill Thanos. So if you're Marvel fan, you know what I'm talking about. You know, he became he 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 almost very similar parallel, like was this mighty warrior who then like got fat and lazy and, and like just lost who he was, but he comes home. And and I'm gonna show this scene to you guys. And such a such a powerful scene, so let's cut it to that scene. So I'm gonna stop setting it up. It's so much better when you see it. What you done? <laughs> what was the point? I was too late. I was just standing there. An idiot with an axe. No, you're no idiot. You're here, aren't you? Seeking counsel from the wisest person in Asgard. Yeah. Idiot now. A failure. Absolutely. It's a little bit harsh. Would you know what that makes you? Just like everyone else. I'm not supposed to be like everyone else, am I? Everyone fails at who they're supposed to be for. The measure of a person, of a, a hero, is how well they succeed at being who they are. The mystery, Mom. Sometimes it takes a second. I'm still worthy. Oh boy. 
how awesome is that scene. I love what his mom says. Everyone fails at who they're supposed to be, but a measure of a person is how well they succeed at being who they are. Everyone fails at who they're supposed to be. And here's a story that Jesus is telling, and he's saying just that. You know, Anne Lamont uh, puts it uh, like this. We are, when we are telling the truth, we are close to God. Oh, gosh, I love that. You know, it's not the big grand gestures, it's not the loud prayers or, you know, how much you put into the tithing offering, all these big grand spiritual gestures, how much you read the Bible a day. It's how well do you tell the truth? When you tell the truth, when you're being who you are, you're close to who God is. And I just, I just love that quote. And so, you know, this, this parable has two names. It has the parable of the prodigal son and also goes by the lost son. And we think of the lost son as the son who wasted his, his, his inheritance on wild living and came back, right? That's the lost son. But I think there's two lost sons because the older son stayed, but he was also at a distance. Um, when we hear this story, the brother is not with the dad. The brother, get back. The brother is outside. He's not even with the dad, right? He's on the outside. So again, you see this distance. In verse 28, it says this, The older brother became angry and refused to go in. Right? Typical older brother fashion. Typical older brother fashion. I have an older brother. Come on, how many of you guys have older brothers out there? Older siblings. You know what I'm talking about. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Again, God closing the distance. He ran out to the younger son, and he ran out to the older son. God, love. Just so, so much the character of God. But he answered, um... His father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I can celebrate with my friends. Never gave me a party, Dad. But when this son of yours couldn't even say his name, and you know you're mad at someone when you can't say their name, right? It's like this son of yours who has squandered your prosperity uh, on prostitutes came home, and you kill a fattened calf for him. You know, totally, totally upset. Full of pride, right? Why don't you want to celebrate your son coming, your, your brother coming home, your family member coming home? Like, oh my gosh. You know, he was lost too, lost in his own pride. And C.S. Lewis has this quote, and I think this is so great. C.S. Lewis says this, a proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. So, so good. This older son was close, but he was still lost. And you can see how lost he was by what his father says. And this is one of my favorite verses in Scripture. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You're always with me, and everything I have is yours. When we let our own pride, our own selfishness, we also can lose ourselves, and we can miss what is right there in front of us all along. You know, God's love closes the distance, and this story is all about distance, all right? So I'm going to do a little illustration with you as, as we close out this message, so thanks so much for listening and uh, just taking time. So I got a heart here, Here's a heart. 
can see this this little picture of a heart right there. All right. Um, and this story is about distance. The older brother was distant from his father. The younger brother was distant from his father. And, you know, I think when we're able to close the distance, I think it's when we're able to discover the true definition. Because when the father came close, he was able to reveal so much more to the, to the older son what he was missing. When the father came close, he was able to reveal that the son was still worthy. It's when we close the distance, it's that we, when we reveal our true definition and bring up the God colors in the world. So distance, distance. And let's picture this little water bucket here as God. And when we close the distance and we put ourselves in God's hands, he's able to bring out our true colors. See that? And when I did this with my younger son, he was like totally shocked. He's like, whoa, dad, how'd that happen? So you can see, you know, we, it's, when we close that distance, we put ourselves in God's hands. He's able to bring out so much more than what, what, what we could on our own. And, you know, this verse, this, I mean, this, this illustration goes along with this verse. I'm closing with this verse. Um, from Matthew 5, 14, Salt and Light from the Message Translation says this. Here's another way of putting it. Jesus is talking about being how we're supposed to be salt and light. You're here to bring out the God colors in the world. You're here to bring out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept, but by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So I want to encourage you. How can we close the gap? How can we close the distance? bring connection i mean because honestly like man isn't that what this world's craving i mean during during these times with 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 covid19 where we're social distancing and i think we're all getting a little bit squirrely we're all going to look crazy because we miss that connection you know giving a high five giving a side hug giving a bro hug you know we miss those things we need those things and um and it's amazing how much when we close the distance that we find love and meaning i encourage you you know, a practical way. May, maybe some of you need to get be honest with yourself and come and come to yourself with a real honest approach and look to yourself. And maybe that's how you close the distance. Maybe that for you, that that sense coming to your senses, coming to yourself, that self love. Um, maybe that's you. Um, maybe for some, some for some others, it's closing distance to God. You know, um, praying again, even if it's a short prayer. Sometimes the short prayers are the best prayers. Um, maybe it's just praying for someone, allowing someone to pray for you, closing that distance, reading some scripture, and just meditating on God's word, and just getting into his presence, you know, just being around him, and, and it's not about how much scripture you read, or how good you can be, it's just getting in his presence, because I think in his presence is where the power is, and even a real, real practical application of this message is, man, how can we close the distance with others, that maybe are even different than us, you know, get to know someone um, have a conversation with someone, a real honest conversation with someone. Maybe that's a different political party than you. Maybe have a cup of coffee with someone. Well, you know, where we can have cups of coffee again with someone who's a different race than you and, and hear their story and their perspective on things and, and how they've been treated over the years. You know, when we close the distances and we really bring out the true definition. So I want to encourage you. Um, you know, if God sees you as worthy, He's always there. And um, even if you're lost, you still have value. Hope this message encourages you. Uh, Alex, sorry we were praying for you.
uh, grace and peace, and we love you, and uh, may we close the distance and find the true definition that's been missing in our lives. Grace and peace.